Hey there, thank you for joining the live podcast, a podcast provided by the Love Your Soul Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit aimed to help spread the message of self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building a better relationship with yourself, but a better relationship with others and with our beautiful planet. So if you're on a mission of self-healing, of self-improvement, of self-discovery, this podcast is for you. Be sure to like us on all social media platforms at the LY Foundation, at our website, thelyfoundation.org. And we're so thankful that you found us and we just hope to help you no matter where you are in your journey and to remind you that you are the most important person in your life. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator of the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member for the Love Yourself Foundation. Week six, JR. Down, over, halfway there. Halfway, we on the other side now. Downhill slope. It's crazy. I know we've said this a couple weeks, but... Man, are we getting through this fast? It's but week six. Like it's we've already been, week six. We've stuck with something for six weeks. Is <laughs> I think that's the bigger Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the artist wave, people. It's the fact that we were consistent for six weeks. How have you been so far? I am really excited to talk about this week. As I say every week, I feel. But I don't know if it's because we're halfway through or... The thing is finally having time to settle into my bones. Also to say that I feel this week very transformative. Like I've, nice. I've really noticed the mindset change and the growth and just my aptitude for wanting to be creative and also just wanting to grow as a person. And I think that for me, it's been really cool to be able to internalize that and see those mm-hmm. changes. So on this kind of back end of the program i'm excited to see where we end up halfway through i'm finally motivated i'm here (laughs) and so with that motivation she showed up maybe it's that second life where you're like there's a lull and then you're like oh i'm excited again yeah where are you at yeah i feel the same way it's exciting to know that we are halfway through the artist way and have learned a lot in these past six weeks of the chapters that we've been reading on and just a sense of recovering as an artist and learning the different aspects of what an artist is and the things that you need to work on to better yourself as not just an artist, but as a human being. And it's been great to have this sense of structure every week and to be able to follow something in in order to learn more about who you are. It's been a great experience so far. We got another six weeks left. So I'm really excited to see where that's going to take us because it just seems like every week so far has been even more powerful than it has been the previous week. So if we're already at six weeks and I'm feeling this way, I can only imagine what's going to happen when we get to week 12. Week 12. That's what I'm saying. And what's really great is that each week we're still finding ways to learn. You may think six weeks in, what is left? What can she talk about that really is revolutionary? And today we're talking about money, everybody's most interested topic. I know we all in this capitalist society (laughs) have our... (laughs) Speak it, Ayla, speak it. 
relationship with money. And so talking about week six is recovering a sense of abundance. Julia says, this week you tackle a major creative block, money. You are asked to really look at your own ideas around God, money, and creative abundance. The essays will explore the ways in which your attitude limits abundance and luxury in your current life. And so I am excited to get into it. But of course, we start with our check-in each week. Gotta do the check-in, huh? So with the check-in, first question, how many days this week did you do your morning pages? Have you used them yet to think about creative luxury for yourself and how was the experience for you so jr six out of seven this week let's go come on let's go finally got out of that five out of seven right this week i really felt more apt to do the morning pages maybe because for a good percentage of them maybe half the days i was homesick so i didn't have to wake up early to go to work and Mm. so I was like okay I can wake up and do the morning pages but yeah I have been using them to think about that creative luxury for myself and I guess more just pondering the mindset that I have not only around money but about the abundance of creativity and possibility and all the things we've been learning about taking the time in the morning pages to ponder them but this experience for me has been really great and i think i'm at a point where i'm like i could go down to one page a a day i'm glad you said that i feel the same way (laughs) feel the same way i would still be doing it i haven't made that transition at this point but i really be thinking about it because (laughs) for me i'm i think at the point where i'm excited to just start the day and that's such a different place than i was at the beginning of the program where it really felt like a long on-ramp period to get going for the day. But as I'm writing, I'm like, let's do it. I'm ready to just be done and do the thing. And so I don't know if that's intended by Julia, but that's where I'm at here. (laughs) What about you, Jer? I ended up doing four out of the seven days this week. Woo! Way better than the two from last week. We're growing. We're growing. We're growing. You doubled Um, it. That's progress. You talk about on-ramp. We're ramping up. 200%. You You did so much better. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) I have not been using them as a creative luxury. I tend to find myself a lot with the morning pages talking about things that are happening in my life and not necessarily creative aspects that I want to pursue. But I think that that is important for me because those are the things that I feel are blocking me from being more creative and not having an outlet before the morning pages to get that all off of my chest. Um, I feel like it was really hindering me as a person and wanting to do the things that I want to do. So morning pages has really just turned into this thing for me of getting the things that are bothering me off of my shoulders onto the page. So that way I can use all of my energy throughout the day to do what it is that I want to do. So along with that, I know it's only four out of the seven days was better than last week, which I'm happy about. But what I've been noticing too, is that the pages are being more impactful. Um, I think that there is just a sense of consistency with writing and getting your thoughts on the page and doing it as often as you can, that the things that I'm talking about are actually really important in my progression and being able to have that more impact on the page has really transformed my way of thinking when it comes to not only the morning pages, but just the things that are surrounding my head 
And I've really been enjoying that aspect of the morning pages because it, it really cuts through what it is that I need to be focusing on, but also brings to light certain things in my life that need attention. Again, like you were saying, I don't know if that was Julia's intention with the morning pages, with that base level of the exercise it was supposed to be, but I have been really enjoying that aspect of it. Yeah. And I, I think that it's going to impact us differently depending on what we need to get out of them. So I'm proud of you. We're going to shoot four or five next week. We're going <laughs> yeah. I love it because Ayla is my coach now. So throughout hey, the week, she's know. just going to be like, hey, you, did you, get on, on A. You got we it, got, got this. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Brings us to the next question. Did you do your artist date this week? Have you considered allowing yourself to? What did you do and how did it feel? Okay. Don't be upset. Okay. I did not do my artist date. <gasps> And I will tell you, I will tell you something about this that it made a sense of realization about the artist date. Okay. So usually with the artist date, the past couple of weeks, it just happens to just happen. I know we talked about this, I think last week about how the artist date feels like, oh, I'm doing the thing. All right. I'm going to count this as the artist date. Yeah. I wanted to intentionally plan out an artist date and actually so have intention. So you didn't do anything. So I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't end up doing that. But what I did learn from not doing the artist date okay. is that I don't want to miss it going forward. Okay. <laughs> because progress we <laughs> The reason why I say that is because it you really know when you don't do it and how much it affects your week when you don't give yourself that time to do your date. And I don't like that feeling. So going forward regardless if it's planned or not i have to have that in my week because that is that important and i didn't think that it would be especially at the start of this whole journey but it has been and it really reminded me of you need to take that time out for yourself you got to take care of yourself too and give yourself that time that's what i learned from that okay i do understand what you're saying because there's that line of wanting to be deliberate and intentional about what you're doing but also the line of you have to do something and finding the balance between how can I make sure something gets done where I'm not overthinking it, but also that I'm not just settling for whatever is easiest to do. What about you? For, for me, a combination of a few things. I would say this week I spent a lot of like feeding my artist in new forms of creativity. Watched a couple of TED Talks. Oh. I went to the comedy show and I don't usually watch comedy too often maybe once a month at the most but that was a cool experience again to do in person um, we had the lyf photo shoot which i didn't go to in the previous year and so it was nice to allow myself to do the things because they're present in my life instead of finding excuses to not do them so in a way am i cheating maybe <laughs> but also <laughs> i can stretch it enough to say not it started off for me as what am i going to do this week but realizing of kind of taking a step back of what I'm comfortable doing of painting or whatever crafts I have here and saying how do I broaden my idea of creativity and kind of work off of there and I felt really good and I think that's the kind of mindset I'm trying to adopt that you can do creative things in all aspects and creativity is more than just being Picasso and in, in working off that. If you're going to count the photo shoot as a Artist date. <laughs> Guess what? I did an artist date. What's up? 
Speaking about photo shoot, we just want to give a little shout out to Vegas local artist, Sonia Barcelona. Photos for the people. We had a great time at that photo shoot with the LIF team over at Spacecraft at the Arts District. It was an amazing experience and it was super fun, especially for the conversation hosts to have a little photo shoot, have some fun with that. So I'm excited to see what the photos are going to look like. For sure. The next question is, did you experience any synchronicities this week? I always struggle with this because I'm like, what happened this week? (laughs) Synchronicity. Nothing is really standing out to me. Yeah. Nothing standing out to me as anything prominent. I will say that, again, if I'm stretching it, the synchronicity of what I'm learning on the pages and what I'm supposed to be internalizing, I am starting to feel it a lot more than previous weeks. And I'm starting to see that shift for me. And just in the way that I approach my day, approach my energy and the things I need and being more in tune with that. But there isn't anything necessarily I can point out to be like, I read this or saw this and then it happened. Yeah. (laughs) Which, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. For me, with the morning pages, there have been a couple of entries where I was talking about being more comfortable putting myself out there, talking to people, having really good conversations with folks. And we ended up having LAF's fifth year anniversary get together on, when was that? Friday. Friday. Yep. And with that, was able to talk to some friends, talk to some new people as well, and really just have that feeling of, hey, I'm doing it. It was nice to have that on the page and wanting that and then having the opportunity to do that. And what I got from that too was just, you know, you never know when you're going to have this opportunity again. I know that we see a lot of these people all the time and we talk here and there or whatnot, but being able to just be in the present and enjoy that experience with everyone You never know when that next opportunity is going to be, if it even comes up again. So I think it was really cool to have that synchronicity of the morning pages coming to life. Definitely. It's nice to hear. And I think that's a big thing that I am half asleep when I'm writing the morning pages. Oh, by the way, did you decide to do what I said and put it next to your bed? I did for one of those days. The other ones I forgot. But (laughs) you're like, that's why I only did four. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it did work. So thank you. Yeah, I'm half asleep when I write mine, and so I don't always remember what I'm writing in the pages. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure there's synchronicities there of me writing things and then acting on them, which I think speaks to putting on your mind the things that you want to accomplish and reminding yourself that those are important to you day after day. So yeah, I think that it's a good reminder for me to hear you talk about that. Something for me to look at, for sure. Yeah, that's how I feel like, too. It's always Sunday when we do the check-in, and then we shoot the, sh- the show, and it's that just sitting around for a couple minutes. What happened this week? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the last question. Were there any other issues this week that you consider significant for your recovery? Describe them. Consistency. Let's just be real. <laughs> I got to oh. be more consistent with this. Being consistent. <laughs> that's the key for this entire program, for the weeks, doing the morning pages, just everything. Staying consistent will provide a lot of benefit in my life so that was the top thing it continues to be the thing so hopefully (laughs) we got next week and i'll speak to the same thing i think that while you can not be consistent it's going to reduce the effectiveness and so it really comes down to how much do you want to get out of it you know and when i tell myself that i'm like fine i'll do the morning pages (laughs) there (laughs) were a couple days that uh... i wanted to skip them and i was like no you have to do them yeah and so i think 
it speaks to telling yourself, we got six more weeks of it. We're on the back end. Give it all you got. It'll go by quickly. And then we don't have to do them anymore. <laughs> or maybe we do want to do them. Who knows? Who you knows? Know? But yeah, I think consistency, like a lot of things we've talked about over the years, is the hardest thing to do is maintain that motivation and keep the routine every single day. So I don't blame you. I appreciate that. But off to the fun part. Week six, recovering a sense of abundance. Abundance. I know everyone's excited to hear. Yes. Um, So the first chapter talks about the great creator and talking about the abundance that God provides. And again, this is one of those chapters that is a little bit difficult for me, but definitely had a lot. You're going to walk you through it. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely had a lot here that I highlighted that really stood out. For me, uh, one of the first things on the first page was, we want a God that feels like a fat paycheck and a license to spend as we please. Listening to the siren song of more, we are deaf to the still small voice waiting in our soul to whisper, you're enough. And it, it is that kind of feeling of really wanting to try and or have a lot of things to feel safe or feel secure, feel accomplished, whatever the case may be. But really, from what I've gathered from this is that God, creator, who you believe in, will provide what it is that you need, that you want, if you just continue to be you know, who you are, being a good person and doing the things that are necessary to bring that joy to yourself, that these things will come to you if you just allow the creator to do that for you. Yeah, this chapter, I had so many things highlighted in, so I'm trying to organize the thoughts. (laughs) I guess the first thing I'll speak to, prior to the first quote that you were saying about the fat paycheck, Julius talks about how we have this idea that we are the ones that keep the clothes on our backs, we buy the groceries, and we will pursue our art. We tell ourselves when we have enough money to do easily, and when will that be, she asks. And later on, she says we are operating out of the toxic old idea that God's will for us and our will for us are at opposite ends of the table. And that really stuck out to me because life just feels hard. Yes. (laughs) And so sometimes it's, man, like, I just feel like I am doing so much and it's so hard. And you, like, ask yourself if it's supposed to be hard like that. People say all sorts of things that if it's right it'll feel easy or that nothing ever feels easy and so it's like what do I believe I don't know but for me it stuck out to note the idea that she says that's not true and that God's will for us and our will for us align and that speaking to what we would like and our goals can have God the creator the universe whatever you believe in um, align that for you and changing the mindset to that I think place to the abundance that she talks about and so she talks about how our idea of god is that we have to do something that's super hard work that we have a terrible job is good for building our moral fiber that talent has to be easy and do we have any proof of these ideas of god that god wants it to be difficult that all these things that are contrary to how we feel about abundance, I guess, if you want to reconnect back there, aren't true. And it connects to me back to the previous week of saying that we need to find abundance in the things around us and that there's enough for everyone. 
And for me, that's the kind of thing that I've been, I think she's trying to build upon here. And later on, she says, it begins with getting into the now and enjoying your day. Making art begins with making hay while the sun shines. Right. As you expect God to be more generous, God will be more generous. What we really want to do is what we are really meant to do. And that line really stuck out to me. And that's where I took the chapter of why are we running? Or at least I feel like I run from the things that I want to do. And it's maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's why life doesn't seem easy because I'm not doing what I'm meant to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I felt the same way too. One of the things is that there's this sense of like juxtaposition within myself of allowing God to show you the path or to give you the things that you deserve or wanting of without the sense of getting after it. Like there's that juxtaposition for me in my head of, no, I'm supposed to get after what it is that I want. I give myself the things. I make the money in order to have abundance in my life. So that was really hard for me to let that line of thinking go and having that realization of, if you just really commit to the thing that you love to do, the thing that brings you passion, the thing that brings you joy, that the money will be there. There's actually a a quote in here by Mike Phillips that says, money will come when you are doing the right thing. And that was playing in my head a little bit because, you know, we grow up thinking that you have to, in order to make a lot of money, you have to either have a good job or have really focused mindset and grind, that grind mentality. But what it seems what Julia is saying here is that, no, if you just do the thing that you love, that money will be there, that God will give you what it is that you deserve because you're just doing the thing that matters to you. And I like here she talks about the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous methodology of rethinking your employer, as they call it, with God. What happens when you change the way you think about God? And if God isn't this malicious, selfish being that wants life to be hard for you, what if you change your mind to think about it? And she has an activity in here that says to write about the God that you think you know and the God that you want to know. And seeing the differences there to how it changes the way that you approach your life. And I I know that may be different for you and your relationship there. But I think even writing about like the way you think life works and the way you wish it worked and just changing your mindset there. Of I think that what would follow, at least for me, is that the way I want life to work would just be that I pursue the things I want and that investment is returned to me. And as you follow that path or I do and internalize it, that's where the connection happens, where that return does occur. And so I don't know if that helps you think of the two in that oh, way. Oh, no. Yeah, it <laughs> that's really how does. I've kind of looked at it in that regard. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up the AA example that she puts in there because, and I'll just touch on this pretty quickly, but when I was going through my gambling addiction, I actually went to Gamblers Anonymous to help me get through that hard time. And in Gamblers Anonymous, there is a sense of not necessarily religion, but the sense of belief. There is lines about God that you read within the pamphlet that they give you. And initially when I read that, because I'm, I don't believe in that, there's a line that she writes here is that to those less desperate, such assurances sound foolish, even deceptive, like we're being conned that the God who has a job for us, the God who has fulfilling work, the God who holds abundance and dignity, who holds a million possibilities, the keys to every door. This God can sound suspiciously like a flim flying man. 
Yeah. And that's what I was feeling near the end of it, because that's when they start talking about God. And if you believe that they will help you through the issues that you're going through, that in my head, I'm just thinking that can't be right. Everything was great up until this point, because I can't believe that this can be real. But the as time has moved on and I've started to start to give into like the universe and even through this chapter, um, you start to realize, no, there is something that is helping you. And if you will just allow yourself, like we've learned in a couple weeks prior, if you just allow yourself to let that go and, and just have the universe or God do what it is that it does for you as you go throughout your life, it can be really beneficial. And I think that there is some kind of hope that's there being able to believe in something. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how she always starts the chapters on that note to think of things in this grand scheme and then dwindling it down to something a little bit more focused for the week. So the next chapter, she talks about luxury. What did you pull from that? Yeah. So this one's always uh, an interesting topic when we talk about the word luxury. I think that initially when we think of luxury, we think of fancy cars, big house, materialistic things. A line that I had highlighted here is, all too often we become blocked and blame it on our lack of money. This is never an authentic block. The actual block is our feeling of constriction or sense of powerlessness. Art requires us to empower ourselves with choice. At the most basic level, this means choosing to do self-care. And for me, it brought back into this mentality of being a minimalist and not putting so much emphasis on materialistic things in order to bring you joy. But there is a sense of, I've felt this before, of not having money makes me feel like I'm holding myself back from enjoying things. When really money just helps that. And sometimes money isn't even really a factor. You get to decide what it is that you enjoy. Yeah. I highlighted that section as well. And yeah, it's an interesting start to the section. She does start luxury talking about how uh, the idea of authentic luxury. And I think it plays to the idea of the way we know luxury of like fancy cars and mansions isn't authentic. And I think the later example explains that while she said that she had a friend that was a famous artist, tons of money, of course, accomplishments, but he denied himself luxury, the luxury of time, time with friends, time with family, and above all, time to himself with no agendas. And to me, that example is what made me sit back for a second and think about the idea when rich people are like, money doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> Says the one with all the money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it plays to that idea that the luxury of time is a big thing. And for me, it just seems like there's so many things that you have to balance together. Making money and also spending time creatively for yourself and time with friends and family and people that are important and time with just you lots of things to balance and when she puts it here she talks about this idea of being available to the universal flow and she says when we put a stopper on our capacity for joy by anorectically declining the small gifts of life we turn aside the larger gifts as well and the next paragraph she goes on what gives us true joy that is the question to ask concerning luxury and for each of us the answer is very different 
in the rest of the chapter, she spends on showing what true luxury is to different people. To one, it's buying raspberries and no more than $5. To one person, it's buying a deluxe Crayola set. And so reading through the chapter changed my perspective of money and how I think consuming media all the time and watching TikToks and so much information about people buying the next thing. Living in a capitalist society is really difficult in that way because it almost makes you think that you need to get this thing and then once you have it, it's on to the next thing. It's never, oh, I have it and I'm so happy to enjoy this thing. This is something that I really wanted. It just seems like you're having it to have it, a very materialistic kind of thing. So for me, this really started the week to thinking about what is luxury to me and what are the things that society or TikTok or whatever is influencing me to think is luxury? Yeah, I love that. And you bring up society. There was one thing that really spoke to me too is realizing that your authentic luxury is something that is specific and unique to you. Yeah. And that is what you enjoy. Not to allow society or other people or friends to tell you what it is that you're supposed to have or to negate the things that you like because she puts an example here called the wet blanket messages. She has a, a situation here where she says, recently I bought myself a horse for the first time in a decade. On hearing the good news, my accomplished friend moved immediately into his wet blanket mode, cautioning, I hope you don't expect to get to ride it much or even see it much. As you get older, you do less and less of the things you enjoy. Life becomes more and more about doing what you must and realizing that you shouldn't allow other people to tell you (laughs) what it is that you're going to do with the things that you like. I've definitely felt like I've been susceptible to that kind of language and and just again I can think building up the other weeks of just realizing for you to be an artist for you to enjoy your life it needs to come from you don't let external things change that that's why I think this week I'm saying I just feel a lot more motivated because I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing that I'm the one that has the answers and I don't need to get that from anyone else and going through the weeks where she says ask the question and listen for the answer because you have it this chapter really set that that up to say, if it's authentic, you can't be asking other people what it's supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> it comes from you. And so I thought it was interesting. And that leads us into our exercise for the week, which is counting. She says, for the next week, you will be discovering how you spend your money. Oh, boy. Buy a small pocket notepad and write down every nickel you spend. It doesn't matter what it is for, how tiny the purchase, how petty the amount. Petty cash is still cash. Each day, data page and count what you bought, what you spent, where your money went. This is an exercise of self-observation. Often, our spending differs from our real values. So here we are, JR, end of the week. I got my accounting. As do I. You don't have to lay through each expense. Through doing this, what did you notice? What stood out to you? What stood out for me is that I need to start making my own lunch. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Same. Same. Uh, so I went through a long time ago, ended up doing total money makeover and <laughs> following that. And one of the things is to keep a budget, see where your expenses are going. And that kind of really opened my eyes to things. As time has moved on, I moved away from that. So when we got to this exercise, I said, oh no, 
Oh no. But it was <laughs> really good. Painful as it was, I know that she says it's not self-flagellation, but as painful as it was to see where the money is going, it made me have a better relationship with my money again and realizing this is, I can actually cut this out. Maybe I yeah. don't need this. And that was really good. But yeah, probably spending money on food, hanging out with friends and buying drinks. That was another thing that I saw there. Yeah, it was just very interesting to see where that money was going and then totaling it out and just realizing, wow, a lot of this stuff is temporary. It doesn't really, maybe it brings me joy in the moment, but there are things that are in here that I know that I didn't have to spend money on that I could use that money elsewhere. Yes, I share the sentiment very much. Looking back on the week, I was like, oh, I didn't spend that much. And looking at this, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like it until you see it on paper. Yeah, and seeing more than half of these things could be cut out. Yeah, and that could be $200 that I could be saving on not eating out. And that just comes from properly grocery shopping and planning out my meals. And I have a subscription that I forgot about that I was like, oh my gosh. And just things that I'm like, did I need that? It definitely changed my, one, understanding of what I buy, but also my understanding of how much money I have to spend. Like, mm -hmm. I do have more if I'm not just wasting it here and there and eating out all of the time. In the program, she mentions that you may want to continue this practice for a full month or longer. It will teach you what you value in terms of your spending. And I think I'm going to try to do that and just continue to monitor it. I will notice for me, because I was tracking it, I was a little bit more conscious of how much I was spending well, at a okay. time and if I did need the item. But I think what gets you is eating out. You're like, oh, it's $10, but doing that every day. Right. <laughs> that $10 adds up very quickly. I said, I did it how many times this week? Dang. I said, wait, I did it for all three meals yeah. in a day? <laughs> One of the things, too, that it, it reminded me of also is I think on Tuesday. So Tuesday was the only day I didn't spend any money, which was amazing. I don't know, even know how I did that. But I did go to the bank and pull out money because there is this to me i feel like there's this kind of psychological feeling of actually paying stuff with cash you actually feel that moment of the money going away so at that time i felt a lot more conscious of what it is i'm spending my money on yep that's actually a really good tip and i know when i was younger and my parents would give me 20 dollars and say go crazy uh, i was definitely a little bit more conscious of that because you have about 20 dollars can only get you so far. Right. <laughs> but it is interesting with a card. Sometimes I'm not even looking at the total. I'm hey, like, wait, how much did I just spend? At the grocery store and I'll be like, oh my gosh. But if you're handing out 220s, you're like, oh my God, that's a very conscious thing. And I'm not one that carries cash ever because I just have a card wallet on my phone. I don't even carry a purse or wallet or anything. But I think that's a good tip to, if in the beginning, need that extra help of making it a much more active decision instead of almost like a like blocker in place to make sure that's a conscious thing for you. Oh, 100%. And I definitely needed it for me. And it's interesting. I know that every time this happens, when we get near the end of the episode, I think of what the synchronicity is of the week. But it's funny that this chapter comes in during this week because I have been focusing or trying to focus more on my finances and thinking of where I was in the past and where I am now and where I want to be in the future. But it's interesting that it's coming in because I have had for the past couple of months, a bad relationship with money. 
even a traumatic feeling with when it comes to money and looking at my finances that getting to do this simple exercise of just tracking your expenses has given me a newfound appreciation for money. It, mm-hmm. just, it stops me from being scared to look at my bank account and having to do a budget and whatnot. So I'm hoping that as the time goes on and really tracking the rest of this for the rest of the month allows me to get back on track and start paying stuff off and saving and, and all of that. Yeah. So I'm really fortunate that this came in at the time it did. And the next activity is a money madness exercise where she has 20 phrases that we complete. A couple of them, my dad thought money was blank, money equals blank. If I had some money, I'd blank. Money causes blank. Being broke tells me blank. This was the first one that I didn't have to really think too much about it. And I tried to go the (laughs) speed that she says to just do it. But I found my answers to be interesting, especially the eight through 10. She basically asks if I had money, what would you do three times in a row? And a lot of my answers here are traveling. Like, and that's what I would do if I had money. But it's interesting the questions about like how I feel about money and the perspective there. I still think that there's a disconnect between money and then my perspective of my access to it, which I th- I found. What do you mean by that? The first one, it says people with money are blank. I put lucky. And if I'm associating money with luck, then that kind of displaces myself from control. Mm, yeah. So things like that, which is which I thought was interesting and gave me something to think about throughout the week. Yeah, for me, near the bottom of the questions, it started to feel real. I've talked about my journey with gambling, gambling addiction, and I've won money. I've lost everything multiple times. So my relationship with money has been a really troublesome one. But it was interesting to go through these questions and answer them truthfully of what it is that I think money does, what it can bring you. One of the things that I had put on here is for 11, I'm afraid that if I had money, I would waste it all again. That's a real fear that I live with every single day of my life is as much as I, I feel like money can help me get back on my feet and pay things off, have a safety net, a nest or whatever, there is that fear in the back of my head that if I have money again, then I'll just, it will all go away because it is just that easy, especially living in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, the amount of accessibility when it comes to <laughs> losing all your money is pretty high. Yeah. It just felt real, but also there was a positivity in there of realizing, I think that money doesn't bring you happiness, but it definitely helps, but it also can open up things for you too, in the sense of um, not being able to have that in your head of something that you have to worry about, which was a big sure. thing for me. When I left my job, to start my own business. That was the first time in my life where I actually felt like money was not an issue anymore. And that allowed me to free up my mind to really go after the thing that I wanted. So I want that feeling again. I want that feeling for everyone because it it really does open new doors when you're not having to feel like you're closed behind one. For sure. And I want to expand off that to connect to psychology, the hierarchy of needs. The first thing is survival. And if you have money, that's guaranteed. You will have food. You will have shelter. And that's how you can be able to have access to the things that do make you happy in building self-esteem and going out with people. And what's hard is it's like nothing's truly free anymore because as a kid, you would be like, oh, I'll go outside and play with my friends. Your friends don't live close to you as an adult. 
it costs money to go drive to them. And mm -hmm. if you're not spending money, the gas is still costing you. You could say, oh, you can call them. You still have to pay for your phone bill each month. Nothing is free in that aspect, unless you're just going to go sit outside, but you're still paying your rent. <laughs> so it's really difficult there because while you're worrying about money, you have less space to think about growth and pursuing the things that are interesting to you. And so I think that really speaks to what you're saying about opening the door to the possibility of other things because you don't have to worry about those basic survival. And I think that this week really laid the foundation of how do I change my relationship there to be able to pursue those things. Yeah. No, it's crazy how as much as we don't want money to be a factor in the things that we love or enjoy, there has to be that relationship there because that's just a way of life. Unless you are completely off the grid and living that nomad life and you still have to pay for something, right? You still have to, money helps that along. But after going through all these exercises and going through this chapter, it has helped me have a better relationship with my money. And it was definitely something that had been holding me back for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But with that, we go into the tasks for the week. How many tasks did you do this week? I did four. How many did you do? I did four as well. Wow. Okay, okay. Am I slacking or are you doing well? Okay. <laughs> I think that was the synchronicity for us this week is to do the same for amount. Sure. What's up? I definitely was underwhelmed, I think, by this week's tasks. Or maybe it just felt there was more things that were like actively doing, not just writing about, which is why I did less. But I did clearing, throw out, or give away five ratty pieces of clothing. Uh, I could truly get rid of my whole closet and start over, but that's another day. <laughs> Don't have the money yet to replace that. <laughs> that. That might be a different chapter. I also liked the number nine acceptance, any new flow in your life, practicing yes to freebies, which I did throughout the week. And a good example is I went to Dutch Bros and they were giving out their stickers and I didn't know that they were doing it that day, but I said yes to get the sticker. Hey, um, nice. And it's such a tiny thing, but... I guess finding abundance and little joys like that. Yeah. What, which ones stuck out to you? Eight, which is clearing any new changes in your home environment. Make some. I absolutely love changing things around in your home to make it feel new. Not necessarily having to buy new furniture or whatnot, but that plant. Everyone who's listening, they can't see this, but there's a plant that's there that's new. Um, oh. That has... Is it real? Israel, actually. <laughs> there was a thing where with that plant, forget which question it was, but I'm having a better relationship with the plants that are in my home and wanting to take care of them. And I think that that is a sense of, of abundance as well. Is, yeah. Is having the that. There. Yeah. That's been great. Moving around furniture in my living room, moving some stuff around in my bedroom to make it feel a little bit nicer. That has really brought me a lot of joy. And do it fairly often. So it's just nice to add a new kind of feel to things. And then the other one I did was number 10 for prosperity. Any changes in your financial situation or your perspective on it, any new, even crazy ideas about what you would love doing, uh, pull images around this and add to your image file. I ended up saying that I have a realization that I have a bad relationship with money, even a traumatic connection to having it and losing it all, but keeping track of expenses has made me want to be in more control of my finances. This has really been a helpful week when it comes to that. 
and I'm excited where things are going. There's some things that are coming down for my job and some other opportunities that are going to be there. Maybe some things will change. Maybe things will be a little bit lighter on my end. Looking forward to that and excited to keep track of everything as the month goes on. I also did number 10 because I love image file. On my Pinterest board, I just pulled images of like different budgeting kind of sheets and ways that people work run finances and like challenges they do that I thought were in sync with what I would like to do. But some other ones for you listening is bake something. Creativity does not always have to involve capital A art. Very often the act of cooking something can help you cook something up in another creative mode. Another one is natural abundance. Find five pretty or interesting rocks. It's a They can be small, constant reminders of our creative consciousness. I would have loved to do that one if I was in Michigan still. I definitely would. And I am the type of person that would collect agates and go out looking for them. Oh, cool. Uh, desert rocks that apartment complexes pay for. Not necessarily. Not the abundance I'm looking for. Especially in 112 degree weather. Yes. I, um, I did not do that one. But if I was in Michigan at Lake Superior, I definitely would go <laughs> looking for some agate. Yeah, I thought it was some interesting kind of tasks. And as a little sneak peek, next week seven is recovering a sense of connection. Now, continuing to build will be in the back half of the program. And we'll be able to see all of the things that can connect us with our personal dreams, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. And guess on to week seven. On to week seven, JR. Let's well, do it. I'm going to try to do better this time, okay? All right. I'm, <laughs> we'll I'm, see. With that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and how week six, sense of abundance, has really impacted you and your thoughts on it. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.